You are listening to Thursday Nights, Season 4, Episode 122. had a an unusual session a couple weeks ago and it uh, we only played for one hour and we did not live stream it uh we recorded it so that we could publish the podcast uh unfortunately what i discovered last week when i was preparing the podcast that comes before that one uh the recording didn't work it failed it's way 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 too small file size it must have just it must have just farted out really near the beginning and i didn't notice when we're streaming we notice if it fails because the stream stops um so what what especially sucks about that is that it was the um it was the conclusion of the fight with the septicemia <laughs> so yeah. we 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 finished the fight now it was only an hour not a ton happened so what i'd like to do all of us together to just retell to the best of our knowledge Sam, you want to hear wanna, my notes? I was about from to the say, recap on that. Sam could flip back a couple pages. Cool. So uh, here was the fight. Oil Vane was up. He had a big lightning bolt, and he knocked down the double beast mode out of wild shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bear Jaw tosses Green into the acid pit. Uh, Mock mounts Bessie and hacks at Red. Scrim Ballista bolts Green, dead. Baron Toll's dead, and Ghost hammers on Red. Drustin slows Red, I think. And then red escapes with meld into stone. That's my whole notes. So that's done. Don't forget about the lever. Uh, that was the week before. That was the week before. Yeah. I know, this... but let's not forget about it. <laughs> well, okay, we shan't forget. Lever. We shan't forget. Uh, but yeah. did spend part of her round remembering the lever. The uh, but yeah. So the bottom line, the bottom line is that is that the uh, there were a couple choice shots. Lightning bolt from uh, oil vein was pretty fantastic. Another suplex into the... No, it wasn't even a suplex. It was a drag. It was a drag and toss into the uh, acid pit. Horror movie killer style. Uh, yeah, it was just... Yeah, it was that that neutral face just drag and shove into the acid. Uh, and But the, the key story bit uh, that's important for people following along to understand is that red, <clears throat> the red septicemia did escape Got away. by melding into the stone... She melded into the stone and then out of the stone on the outside of the castle because she was near an exterior wall, uh, dropped into the water, and despite Anga already circling overhead to keep an eye, she never came back up. Uh, and, and Probably uh, turned into a fish or something. Seems that she was uh, lost to the current. She probably died. Yeah, she, yeah, probably, she died. probably died. That's a long fall. To the water. Yeah. It's Uh, deep water. It's deep water. If you fall that far, water can rush up your butt and damage your internal organs. That's That's probably water embolism. Let's let's hope that's what happens. They they clench your butt when you fall into water. You gotta clench your butt. I don't even wish that on a naked. I never unclench my butt. Yeah, I heard that's that one good. time and just started never clenching. Unclenched. And never I'm always worried about a water embolism. That's my that's my secret. 
I'm always clenching. You guys haven't noticed during Thursday nights, there's just beads of sweat forming on my forehead. Is that why it was so hard to have that that uh, lie detector test? You were just constantly <laughs> clenching the whole so time. You stopped clenching your butt, and I said, I'm worried about a water He's always telling the truth. So, uh, apologies <laughs> to the podcast listeners for that. <laughs> Uh, to and everyone, for what we to everyone, and for everyone, that conversation, uh, everyone who's ever listened to and us, and especially for that conversation, and now we can. But maybe you learned something. Yeah, never stop clenching. <laughs> never Welcome stop to the Thursday night. Never, never stop. To set up new music. NSC. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. A moment of stillness falls upon the castle for the first time in days really even the nights were filled with construction and acid pit digging conversations but now for what feels like the first time in days there's just a moment of no action the last of the septicemia sisters Last of the Septicemia creatures, whatever they were, has disappeared into the water. Never did resurface. Anga diligently circling the skies with her sharp eyes, watching for any sign, but none is found. And each of you, Aurora, Baron, Scrimcorn, Drewston, Oilvane, Bearjaw, Mock, and of course, the hands of ale finally have a moment to catch your breath and to uh, and to look at the situation around you. This floor of the castle has been uh, has been mostly demolished. The blood and acid and uh, and overgrowth now wilting and uh, and falling into a sort of ashy rot uh, all around you as the plants are uh, are not just dying but rapidly dying and the uh, the undeath undeath I guess just death uh, the death and decay taking them at a rapid pace what is each of yours first reaction after this after it's clear that the danger has passed after you've had you know it takes a couple minutes before you let your guard down, of course. Baron tries to go get a shield. Yeah, Bearjaw's actually right over there, too. <laughs> She's just looking down that hole like, what? Does Bearjaw go, go with him? Yeah, she's over there. Yeah. It I takes... mean, he looks down the hole like, what does it look like? It looks does it go like down to the floor below? you see the hole, and then there's another hole, the floor below. And oh, then either hell. shimmying down the hole or heading down the stairs, whatever you choose Baron to do. Takes it, the stairs. It, it takes the stairs. <laughs> it takes a couple minutes, but three stories down, three stories down, Baron does find his trusty shield. Uh, you can see oh, that it was being dragged away by the plants. If the fight had dragged on longer, perhaps it would have been pulled into the ocean or worse. To wherever the, the red septicemia, not ocean, the lake, the sea, uh, the lake. That's the right. center of uh, the earth, the magma. You know, in, into the lake, perhaps, or perhaps wherever, perhaps wherever the red septicemia has disappeared too. But 
It would seem that uh, with the rapid decaying of the plants, the fate of your shield does not have to remain a mystery. Hooray! Baron is pleased to see his... Does he think Morden? Uh, yes, he does. Quietly or loudly? <laughs> does he cry? Uh, that's, but that's between him and Moradin. Yeah. Bye, <laughs> Moradin. Um, Drewston, and by the way, I'm going to retcon a little bit too. When Gloom and Drewston were behind that door, they were doing some serious strategizing of what to do when they came out. And it was like, Gloom's half dwarf, but he was all in that moment. As they, you know, set up like, oh, I'll use... I'll use my smoke. Oh, I've got this slow spell from, from Kundrakar. You been to Kundrakar? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you about it later. And so they came out <laughs> badass Over thing. coffee. And so Gloam picks up Drewston and gives him a hug. And, you know, well done, cousin. And Drewston's face just turns totally beet red. Uh, and uh, he looks around and he goes, oh, Is everyone all right? Grim, are you all right? Grim. Oh, there's a lot of bourbon. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> I'm trying to get the my like role playing tears ready. Um, Grim uh, has come over maybe to where a little bit center area, and he is uh, he's kind of collapsed down, like sit on the floor. Just he's there's some there's some sweat upon his brow. Um, and he looks uh, exhausted physically and mentally from from spellcasting, but also that this is looks like it's a fight that is just taking a lot out of him. As uh, you've seen him, you know, casting these spells to no effect, uh, and and also that uh, he just in this fight, you know, his cursing when he when he each time his spells fizzled, um, and just the the amount of effort that it looked like he was exerting here was beyond anything you had seen him before, where he usually was not ice-cold like machine, um, but much more focused on the the objective. And this time it was a lot more like he was, uh, I mean, you guys are, you guys are uh, wise and, and perceptive of people. He's clearly in his head a lot. So um, he's just there uh, breathing, uh, breathing heavily on the floor. Uh, yeah. Usually it's an animal during the combat too, so we don't, honestly hear much from him during combat that's actually true we don't know the emotional range of a coyote or a pile of dinosaurs it's hard to read his emotion not knowing the coyote's emotions is really on you guys and you need to get on my list I don't (laughs) (laughs) Um, he does not look like he's itching to say anything He's just, he looks completely tapped out and he's just looking around, like catching his breath. So, Mock, uh, when upon, you know, he's retreating into the stone, this is you know, tactically the moment where you rout, you know, you, you go for the kill and he's not interested in having anyone escape. So, immediately just follows up with attacks against the bare stone. He doesn't know what this effect is. So, probably crushes in the door frame, those first stones in front of him, and then, like, will immediately kind of, like, try to engage the stonework, like, putting his ear to it, try to hear, like, where has this, where is this, 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 
last septicemia retreat. He doesn't want he doesn't want this guy to get away at all. Feels like we have the advantage if we can just catch him, we can end this here and now. And so puts some immediate effort into into that. Yeah, it's, think, um, it's too late. Ongasal has swimming away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, then as he as he determines that he takes a big breath and is is his mood lifts and he comes and gives Betsy first off the biggest wallop on her head that he could possibly manage uh, <laughs> and just embraces her and tells you tells her I'll carve you up something extra special for your armor already having kind of like a, a lot of kind of ruined decoration kind of pictures from deep mascar you can just like the, the thick armor is becoming more of kind of a totemic kind of uh, artwork uh, as Be- Betsy who already had some story to her has gained a few uh, etchings since. Um, but then finally uh, makes his way over to Aurora where there's a moment to kind of complete the ritual as, as originally established. And, you know, they, they, they solemnly, they, they, there's an embrace and then there's a solemn kind of unwrapping of these bands that they put around their wrists with these hidden blades to take the life of the enemies and their own lives and kind of like it represented like this we don't remove these until the threat is over or, or till we are. And so this is kind of like a final indication of like a battle that was won for, for, for mock kind of as he, as he ritualized it in this, in this occasion. Awesome. How about, uh, Kel, you want to, want to go? Um, Aurora sort of looks a combination of like exhaustion, but also just totally elated. She is like a kid who has just won a board game or a race or a fight in the playground or all of the above. And for her, this is just the, this is the um, confirmation that you guys are the badasses that she thinks that the facets of fate are. And it's also for her a confirmation that she's she's with the badasses. She's on the same team. So she's very, very hyped up and uh, definitely um, appreciates the hug from Mock um, and sees that as recognition of, oh, well, maybe, maybe they'll finally treat me like an adult. <laughs> maybe. Which is questionable, but, you know, <laughs> in her mind. I'd say progress for sure. Let's see, we had... Uh, um, oh, yeah. Go for it. Oil, oil vein, right? Oil vein, uh, he's been making several attempts to high-five Bogrush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you say attempt. Attempts. <laughs> I've never heard. Does he not get it, or is he too high up, or what's yeah, I don't... Yeah, he's, I, I, as a player, do not think that's... I, it's not easy. I think he's trying several times to, to high-five Bogrush... And Bogrush like doesn't, he's just, Bogrush just, doesn't yeah. see it. He doesn't see it, or you know. Well, I think he just Bogrush. I don't know. Is Greg you is put, Bogrush the Bo- high fiving type? Bogrush, you you put your hand up. It's more like the and then you and then Bogrush the just like elbows you in the stomach and he just goes, yeah!" <laughs> and like look on his face is like he he likes that you did that routine and oil vein. <laughs> it, 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 and then Oil Vein tries again later, and I'll then it's an elbow better. from the other side. 
And every I time really Pogrush is very happy. He's very happy. He really wants very engaged. <laughs> he, he just specifically wants the high five. I think the high five means something to Oil Vein. I don't know. Doesn't help that he has a, that his shadow blood arm. I don't know if he's trying to do it with his shadow blood which, arm. Which hand was he using? That was about to be my question. I think he he's trying both. I think initially he tried the, his shadow blood arm first, and uh, and then I think that's when he got elbow he got elbowed. But um, says, yeah, I, I didn't know that you knew the traditional orcish greeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, let's. Uh, I, I knew about that. Well, he, he does it again. You surprised me, little one. <laughs> and that's when he gets you again and he just got smiling and Bogresh walks across the room and says here's a good one <laughs> oil vein what, does, does Valden <laughs> does Valden look at oil vein just like I know you didn't know <laughs> <laughs> Val, uh, Valden is smiling at oil vein that's for sure mm. I forget is Bogresh a full orc or a half orc he's a half orc okay other half human uh, he'll never tell. About. Yes, let's say yes. Usually, that's the assumption. <laughs> yeah, that is the assumption. With you humans, know how humans are. Well, Ted's his dad also. Yeah. Oh no! Humans get around is what I've learned from. Me. <laughs> yeah. Like rabbits. <laughs> Very um, low standards. <laughs> over here, over here at um. At the, at the green septicemia body. Is that body like still there? Is that like a That's physical pinched. body? It didn't like. Oh, um. Or it did it did dis dissolve like, or it, I don't I don't know what happened to it. So. That's a good um, question. <laughs> what happened was what is still there is a slumped over. It's not a skeleton. It didn't decay to a skeleton. It decayed to a decrepit, you know, like a um. God. I'm thinking like uh, Indiana Jones and the yes. Holy Grail. Yes, I was literally picturing the exact same <laughs> thing. Yes, just like a yeah, just a a you know halfway decomposed uh, or or all the way decomposed and just shriveled uh, uh, entirely, um, entirely just sort of shriveled up and hunched over. Even the clothing that it was wearing. So, no, uh, even the even the clothing is has just uh, has gotten more tatters and tears in it as it sits there, uh, just still pinned from the uh, okay. from the. So if if Bearjaw reaches out and like takes this head in her hand and like just turns it slightly and look at it, incidentally, not by intent, but does it just come off the body? Is it like that? <laughs> Is yes. it? Oh God. <laughs> okay, so she reaches out and she's like turning it to kind of like look at this face, and then <laughs> the the head just removes itself. Oops. And Let's be clear. Bearjaw yeah. removed the head. Yeah. I, I mean, she just that didn't is mean to. <laughs> she turns it, and then she's just kind of still holding it, and then she got, turns, looks over her shoulder at Scrimcorn, and then just kind of, um, what should we do with this? She slowly puts the head onto the ground uh, as delicately as possible. Aurora suggests punting it out the window. Uh, Grim, uh, <clears throat> Grim says, <clears throat> nay. Uh, and uh, 
and motions to uh, motions to Barajah. You get this ballista bolt out of the way. She pulls it out easily, I assume. And uh, with that out of the way, Scrim Plump. grabs the 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 clothing and scruff of the the decaying corpse and chucks it into the acid pit. Mm. <laughs> I thought we were gonna go for some sort of uh, some sort of burial here. I like this. You asked that in Slack, and I burial in acid. I, he chucks it unceremoniously, and um, and <clears throat> without any kind of uh, um, respect or anything, and tosses it in. Uh, Purple as and well? The, I think the body of that one is nearby as well. Uh, he does it to the green one and then says, uh, and then just kind of says, where was that purple? Wait, were they in? They weren't. They were not They, they had, knocked out a beast form. You see the red dot next to the yellow dot on the battle map? That's red. Yeah. That's purple. No, he's, he's asking about their color. They, they did. Like, they they look like they twins. Okay. They look like twins, and their staffs, the top, the, their their magic from their staffs was distinctly green and purple. And when they combined they into their joint beast form, it sort of had purple and green striations uh, throughout the body. See. Where did that one with the purple staff go? Bring her over here. And, uh, uh, Edith, Edith steps forward, and she says, "No, not that one." Grim says. Um, immediate, like, not offended, not in any kind of panic, but says, What's the plan? <laughs> if Drustin could be brought back and Baron could be spared by his deity, we shouldn't leave any of these behind. I do not disagree. We should, uh, we should dissolve the body as you want, but we might have use for it in the day to come. Ooh, are you going to be able to talk to it or something? I've heard uh, about that in the stories. Not Talking exactly. Talking to the recently dead? Not exactly, but we may, uh, but we may be able to learn something from its, uh, from its connection to its masters. Scrim shrugs, and he clearly uh, does not have any, like, distaste. There's, he doesn't seem in a rush to get rid of bodies. Then she looks over to Valden, and Valden looks at her, and... Uh, and Edith says, prepare it. And Valden, uh, Valden just nods, and uh, she heads upstairs to uh, heads upstairs to the roof where the uh, well, where all you guys' stuff is. Well, shall we call for Essen on the gift? Scrim says, I. I'll oh, right. Him. Actually, all your stuff is there. <laughs> yeah. Edith comes, Edith comes back down, or, or uh, Valden comes back stairs and says, uh, can we get the balloon back? <laughs> Pretty please. Uh, breaker, breaker, itchy pickle to flying eagle. Let's, uh, look at that bird here. Um, itchy pickle? If you experience an itchy pickle Scott, for more than five hours. Does this mean you were successful or are we coming in for a rescue mission? Scrim says, aye, the first one. That is great to hear. We're on our way. The pickle, so the pickle is victorious. The pickle is victorious. <laughs> I repeat. Victory pickle. The victory pickle.
I'll feel a little bad leaving the castle like this. It was the work of masters, and we've we've ruined it. <laughs> Darren has returned from below with his shield. Uh, it was pretty well in ruins anyway, cousin. Mock, who also has extremely battered armor, he says to he regards Baron and says, "There's forge work to be done here uh, tonight or the next, perhaps though the next." As he kind of like stretches, hmm. working out some of his own soreness from getting completely thumped by that tree on a couple times. Bogrush, uh, I think we may have some time now. Bogrush walks over to Drewston, holding some sort of stick. And it's not until Bogrush It's not until <laughs> Bogrush sort of thrusts it towards Drewston, like six inches from his face, that Drewston sees that the top of the stick is snapped off and the bottom of the stick it is uh, uh, it sort of fans out into what perhaps once had bristles on the end. This must have been a broom from the detritus in the side. And he says, Here <laughs> and drops it's it at Drewston's feet and walks upstairs. <laughs> Well, he knows what a broom is. Tristan immediately pulls out his uh, elven sarcophagus mask and uh, starts summoning his unseen servant to clean up this place. It's a mess. Uh, <laughs> what servants Tristan, are for? Baron motions to to Tristan and says, Hey, uh, Mock tossed a pretty fancy-looking staff out a window in that fight. Might be worth something, or... I don't know, or... They, are their staves still lying around by their corpses? Oh yeah, is the green one staff, or did that get thrown into the acid pit? Is there any loot? Scr- <laughs> Sam. Didn't you hear? I said Meta Septicemia Red quickly ran around the room and picked up all the staffs uh. and jumped into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, the- Took some of your gold as well. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, uh, Did Scrimcorn kick the staff in to the acid pit. No. He didn't say he did. Drusen <laughs> <laughs> uh, will walk over and says, uh, I'll take a look at this one first and see if they have any power to them. And if they do, I will find the one that uh, took a dip in the pond. Baron goes to the window. Can he see it lying on the ground? <laughs> Um, let's see. You kicked it out that window. Uh, it goes to the it goes to the sea down there on the north side or on the uh, south it was side. The I south, guess. the south side. So this side, which is the uh, west side, is where the island is. So it's water uh, over here. Hmm. Picks out the window. Well, and it's sees. magical. Might be worth recovering. Time for a druid. A druid with swim speed to me. And you're like, you know, you're only like, you're like forty feet from the land. Maybe not that deep. And it only happened a couple minutes ago. Yeah. Tristan will be, it has the spell locate object, so he will be able to find it when he wants to. All right. Tristan collects the the green stuff. Identify this other one. And uh, it does indeed have some amount of magical properties in it. Well, later I'll identify it. No matter what its powers are, Scrim can't use it because Camlin just finished decorating the Staff of Shantae yeah. on my mini. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> of course you can you still can use just, it. You can it's, break that off today and just, she can replace it. It's a modular staff. <laughs> print, print a new top for it. 
All right. No, Dante gave us some amazing healing, so. Yeah, and that was a very true. useful item. And removed a paralyze from uh, from one of us. Yeah, oh, that yeah. wasn't small at all. I'll be right back in there and grab my uh, power board. Oh, all right. Um, so, it, it takes the better part of the day. I don't remember how far away we said they were. No, they only left. Like They were like mid-flight, probably. Uh, it takes the better part of the day before Snowbane's gift shows up. This fight was in the morning. And Snowbane's gift comes as the sun is settling low on the horizon. Yeah, because uh, the had first started showing up in the morning, and then they made us wait and wait. Oh, that's right. And the, fight, the fight was actually like the afternoon. Yeah. Um, in that case, Snowbane's gift arrives when it's dark. The sun has set... Uh, I was going to say a campfire is lit, but yeah, probably. At least the hands of Ale light a campfire if you don't. Um, yeah. Campfire on the roof of the castle, lit, and uh, and then you see lights on the horizon coming. Baron has the, the glowstone going. Oh, yeah, and the big like bright another, glowstone. Like Yo, Eric's traffic control. Nice. Yeah, Bearjaw goes up to the roof. And, uh, Oilman goes up to the roof too. He's using the spyglass again. I'm gonna go Scanner. ahead and shimmy off all of the minis. Whoa! You. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, I'm Earth move for you. There. Got them all gone. This that was a spell deceptive scene. We're gonna go. <laughs> Whoa! Thank God we counted. There we go. Since <laughs> the tower flank away. I was trying to get the nighttime. The nighttime uh, thing I here. A nighttime. Oh yeah, you don't remember that. Oh yeah, that's when we landed here originally, right? Oh god, I'm trying to move everything that off of the. Like a month ago. I'm realizing uh, in this exact moment that I didn't pre-prepare like what I'm doing exactly right now. Uh, it's sitting on a on a mini. There we go. Oh, the, that's the really map. Painful. Yeah, it was for a second, but you're good. Was it good now? All right. Yeah, sweet. it's good now. It's the other one. Okay, so the gift arrives in the evening. Valden has prepared a uh, has prepared a ritual spot uh, up here in the we'll say over here in the little roost area. Uh, Valden has been uh, has sort of been clearing the ground. She found a more working broom and uh, Aurora sort of helps sweep. Swept the area as Aurora helps, and uh, she smiles, looks at Aurora. Um, the the attitude that you're finding during this day, as you wait for the the gift to arrive from all of the hands of Ao, has been one of it's changed. It's changed in this day. Uh, you know before. Before this fight, you've spent a couple days with each other. It's still been your group and their group. You know, they've, they've mostly been together. They've paired up with you to get tasks done. But as, uh, as the campfire is lit and uh, as people are cleaning their, uh, cleaning their gear, sharpening their, uh, sharpening their, their swords and, uh, and all sorts of other post-combat rituals, 
they're not gathered sort of together. The, 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 the body language, the body language has shifted. They're sitting truly with you all as, uh, as this is happening, except for, uh, except for Valden, who is off, um, preparing this area. And the air balloon, the horizon, then it is closer, then it is overhead, and then it sets down as Snowbane's gift has returned to you safely and in one piece, and the two balloons deflate down, uh, uh, laying down nicely on the rooftop as uh, Essen, Grumbar, and Taita emerge from the... It was just them, right? Yes, I believe so. Ted, Ted oh, I think. Ted! Uh, and Ted. Yeah, he's an airship, so it's not there. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he's right there. He's named Dick. <laughs> um, uh, yes, as... Let me let the dog out real quick. Who let the dog out? Who let the dog out? This time, it was what? me. What? 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 Um, what? So... Yeah, it's Ted that comes out first. I mean, he's already on the balcony as they're setting down, and he practically leaps down the ladder, and he says, he says, Oh, tell me all about it, children, as he walks over towards uh, Oil Vane and Scrimcorn. He says, I, I, I want to hear every last detail. Oh, you weak old man. <laughs> Did you say you weak old man? <laughs> you reek. Oh, <laughs> smells bad. Reek. <laughs> and then Sim says, yeah, you weak old man. <laughs> he says, it's your airship. You didn't, put a, uh, you didn't put a wash basin in there. Not my fault. And, uh, There's definitely a wash basin there. And then he unwraps his feet uh, uh, and kicks him up. And if you thought the reek was bad before. Oh. Aurora, Aurora walks over carrying a bucket that she was using to mop and literally just puts it down next to Ted and then walks back and continues sweeping. <laughs> Oilvin gives you a nod of approval. And he Aurora looks at his father. gives you a nod of, of uh, <laughs> sympathy. Drusen, <laughs> uh, uh, so Valden is preparing the ritual? Who's preparing the ritual? Valden. Who's Valden? Alright, Drusen's getting up to Valden, and in this part, and Valden's the uh, drow, right? Yes. Yes. If this part of the ritual involves her in, like, super, this part of prep involves her in, like, super concentration, he's not going to interrupt. But if it's, she's just, like, looking over notes and stuff. I should say, she's preparing a ritual area. She doesn't, she's not in deep concentration at the time. So he's going to walk over and he says, what kind of ritual are we uh, attempting here? It's an old, uh, uh, hang on. I'm just trying to double check. She's Char, right? Yes. Yeah, Char. It's a gift of Char's only granted to the most loyal of followers. And she starts going, uh, climbing up uh, the ladder to Snowbane's gift. Yeah, he'll follow her. <laughs> he says, oh, tell me about it. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in rituals and uh, incantations from various tribes and religions. He says, 
Oh, wizards. Wizards always want to know about how it all works. Want to study it and write it down and transfer it and sell it to others. Says, this ain't that kind of spell, buddy. As she's, uh, she's oh. getting her bag, pulls it uh, over her shoulder, walks back out, starts climbing down the ladder again. I would never sell it to others. I'll give it away for free. <laughs> you should see me uh, reliquary. I've heard. About the is reliquary. It says, uh, knowledge belongs to everyone. Does Justin react to hear to hearing that she's heard about the reliquary? He like, <laughs> in his world, he's like, of course you have. Of course you have. Of course you have. Wait, and then he Aurora's goes, surprised. You, you've heard of it? Have you been there in Silvery Moon? He says, not myself, no. Heard about it from oil vein. But you know someone who has? Is is Gary alright? Is Gary? <laughs> he gets a far away look <laughs> in his eyes. Oh Gary, your only ascendance fell away, but you're truly further than that. Uh, she sets up she candles. She sets up candles it. in a circle around this area here. Each of them black wax with uh um well black wax as she just puts them down on the ground she checks them very carefully each one one of them she sees a little piece of wax out of place scratches out of it a little bit chucks it over the edge of the castle pulls out another one from her pack puts it in its place Tristan won't push further it's obvious that she wants to uh, show not tell she says if Char wills it we may get some insight into the uh, into the Oh, oh, I'm trying to figure out the right phrase. By Shar's grace, if she is willing and if we are worthy, she may grant us. Shar's a she, right? I think so. Yeah. She may, she may grant us a peek, a peek into the mind of, uh, of our enemy that we have slain today. Pray that you are worthy. Well, you say only do that during combat. I've never done it with a dead one before. Phrasing. <laughs> never had sex with a dead one before. Thank you. <laughs> Not even Mando. <laughs> she says, really? Uh, and <laughs> continues setting up her candles. Holy Holy shit. How quaint. <laughs> Such a concerning group. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyone You're the good guys. You're the good guys. Us. Don't worry. Sure, sure we are. Sure about that, Gregory? Just will just sit there and observe and take mental notes. Hmm. Oh, so he's not out taking physical notes after that interaction. Sure. No, no, it's magic, obvious that right? this is kind of um, sensitive to her and personal to her, so he's not going to try to offend it. Char. Uh, as Sam has asked, uh, is also known as the Lady of Loss, the Night Singer, the Dark Lady, the Dark Goddess. Why, yes, I am reading off of the Forgotten Realms wiki. Um, nice. <laughs> her domains is death and trickery. So she is, the goddess okay. of, she is a goddess of death. Death and trickery. Neutral evil gotcha. deity. You said neutral? Neutral, neutral evil. evil. Yeah. Neutral evil, okay. Her portfolio is darkness, loss, night, secrets, and forgetfulness. 
That's a curious one. <laughs> I mean, it goes with loss. Every time you forget something, you go, Damn it, Char! <laughs> Fuck you, Char! God damn now it, you Char. Not again. Uh, Where are my fucking keys, Char? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Char! This isn't funny <laughs> anymore! I commit to with, spending... In terms of pranks... In terms of pranks as well, like uh, trickery, hiding someone's keys, that's pretty good. That's true. I commit to um, uh, making a strong effort in the next week uh, to cursing Char's name whenever I cannot find something. Um, I hope that Excellent. someone will join me on board. I will commitment. <laughs> I am glad and we are all on the same page here. To, uh, to find your make shit. You lose something. Oh, nice. To make someone lose something. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the opposite. Char, curse my enemies. Dear Char. Dear Char. Valden, while, um... Wait, Valden, yes. God damn it. I need all their names in front of me so I don't get them mixed up. I'm pretty good. Yeah, uh, it, it's... Edith, the, that's what I'm going mini? for. Sorry, Candy, Edith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get the minis in the right location. There's a little, there's a campfire over here is my model that I'm uh, uh, assuming here. Uh, gonna go ahead and get the, a little... the black prickle is the uh, is the ritual, right? The what? The, is the black circle the ritual? No, someone, not someone the way I described it, but I like it better now over there because it's a little prettier okay. spot and it's got the balcony. So now the ritual is happening over there, um, where there was once a control panel for this flying castle. Orange circle is the campfire. Orange circle is the campfire. Okay, so Edith, <laughs> a big campfire, are over here. You got a lot it's a of people. Bonfire right there. It's a bonfire. That uh, is what it is. This is a, out in the middle of the yeah. ocean. It's fucking sit cold. Next to Ted. It is really cold. That is true. Middle of the lake. Oh no, Ted in the middle. Well, it's not the ocean. That's the right. He's in the mush pot. He's on fire. So, so, um, Edith, he's a, a bad dad. Edith says, Bear jaw. We have Present. spent so much time preparing for this attack. We have not had, uh, we have not had enough of a chance to truly understand. The Septicemia, the witches, and their interest in you. What is it that you know? And she looks to you. Bearja. And she also looks over at Scrimcorn. Where is Scrimcorn? Way over, over there, apparently. Staring yeah, into the... He's where I can hear what dancing. He's over being dramatic. Ah, I like it. The wind. Well, she, she doesn't call... She doesn't call Scrimcorn over. Um... Um, Berja <laughs> uh, holds up her hammer as, uh, as um, dem demonstratively and says, apparently I have something they want and it has everything to do with this hammer and yet also nothing. You told him about the God Spark, I'm pretty sure, originally. I think yeah. that was a thing. Uh, yeah. yeah he works. says, the God Spark. Yes. Yes. Well, well, do you thinking. know what that is? He says, I have been thinking about what it could be and what it is that they want from it. He says, 
you all know our mission is to... Our mission is for that of Ale, and we are to investigate the, the, uh, the weird sisters and understand what it is that they are trying to do. Whatever it is they are plotting, it goes against, uh, it goes against the order of things. And she says, the God Spark. Could it be, could it be that the God Spark is some sort of key to what they are doing? We have never seen the witches act so brashly uh, in all of our years of, uh, uh, of chasing them and, and following the, the damage and destruction that they have caused. It is oftentimes their activities are about amassing more followers, increasing their faith, if you could, uh, if you could call it that, and, uh, and the power that they are able to draw, uh, to draw from that. But this... This is a different thing, sending their, uh, sending their assassins all the way across the world, uh, moving so quickly. I don't think um, you're set to use your headset microphone, Kevin, so that doesn't actually do anything when you take it off. Ooh, I'm yeah. not using my headset Go ahead, microphone. Tap, tap your headset microphone. Yeah, you're not using it. Yeah, nothing. You're, you're using oh, wow. your computer okay. microphone. I noticed when you were looking away and talking. Um, you can change it in Discord, but it sounds okay. Um... I lost track. <laughs> um, the it's not with their usual. Yeah, this is something ML. different. This is not the way that they normally act. It smacks of desperation. Even their normal activities are calculated. They are slow. They send those like scrimcorn to uh, to do their bidding, and sometimes it can take months or even years before they carry out the mission. Of the witches, Scrimcorn, or of the Weird Sisters. I don't call them witches. Uh, the, the Weird Sisters. <laughs> um, Scrimcorn knows this well. Says, so this is different. This means it is important to them. More important than anything that we have ever seen them engage with in the past. Hmm. Do you have a guess as to their plan? What they want? Says, with luck and by the grace of Shar, perhaps we will be able to find that out. Hmm. As she, uh, well, whatever she, it is, it is not co- good. Cocks her head over towards uh, Valden when she uh, when she says that. Baron, you guys are done with that moment. Yeah, go yeah, for sure. It. Okay, uh, takes a look at Scrimcorn, and he is proficient in insight. Is Scrimcorn and A, I want to sit alone and brood, or I would like some company vibe right now? He has... Actually, since you're doing that, I'll finish up this theme that I was going to do. Yay! Uh, <laughs> Dan was like, I'm bored over there. Oh, wait, Baron's interested. Uh, well, I'm going to wait over here all night. It's, you know, it's kind of odd. Um, <clears throat> Baron's like, approaching, takes approach. a look. What kind yeah. of a vibe is he getting off of Scrimcorn? It's like to the theological society scene. Um, and, uh... <clears throat> maybe, maybe deep down he was just waiting for an audience. Um, uh... As Scrimcorn has... Approaches. Scrimcorn... Yeah, there's an NPC about to play out a scene. You have to click on them to... <laughs> <laughs> Activate cutscene? 
Activate <laughs> dramatic cutscene. Scrimcorn has. Uh, in his hands, a pile of accoutrement that you recognize. It is not all of his pouches and stuff like that, but it is uh, a couple of little pouches, a couple of little bags of uh, implements that you've seen him make use of, um, mostly uh, when communing with the witches. Uh, it has his sensor um, for burning for burning materials to create um, some kind of inhalant, and uh, and especially on top of that is specifically described. There's one pouch that is in better condition that has a, a usually a yellow. Well, he puts some stuff in and creates a thick yellow um, smoke that he would uh, he would breathe in when when communing with the witches. And he has that all together. And uh, again, unceremonious, unceremoniously, um, he uh, he takes it all off. He, t- he takes it all together um, and tosses it off the side of the, uh, of the tower. Here. Aurora sort of opens her mouth agape and then just whispers, Oh, I thought we were going to smoke together. Um... And uh, and and looking real. down in the water where it has where it has landed, um, just uh, up there, he just kind of to himself uh, just says, "Fuck!" And uh, and then he he turns and uh, as he walks by, as he comes, he turns, he walks over to Aurora. And he gives her a small vial. I'm removing from my character sheet on my inventory. <laughs> uh, a vial of halos. A deeper <laughs> opiate. In parens, by the way, only a single dose left. <laughs> That's been like that for a while, as he had uh, partaken of some previously. Um given to Aurora now. Um, Aurora's like, got drugs, all walk. done. Drugs! And, uh, yeah. Teenage so experimentation! What, what, you can't share that. That's a single dose. Um, Baron frowns uh, as he sees this, <laughs> but he doesn't interrupt. Hey, kid, have some drugs. <laughs> First one's free. He said it. Oh, man. And, uh, and uh, did did Baron say something to to Scrim, or he or did he? Uh, Baron basically you? had hadn't said anything yet, um, but seeing you drop all your things off, uh, Baron says, um, "I imagine you'll be looking to find your path from here on, and I don't know what that will be, what but uh, here's a pamphlet. But know that you're among friends." And uh, if there's anything we can do to assist you on your journey, please know that we are with you. Scrim and I am with a, you. Scrim takes a breath in, and everyone at this table of humans and in earshot knows he's about to say that he's not going to pray to Moradin. And then he exhales a little bit and says, Thank you, Ben. And, and I uh, wouldn't recommend Moradin as a path, by the way. He's really more of a god of the dwarves. He doesn't want you. 
I'm just saying um, I don't know that it would be a good fit. Um, and, uh, Baron's already brainstorming the replacement psychology. Well, I don't know. I mean, and uh, he go too heavy. It was a, it was a dramatic day. Just now, he's got support. Realizes it's a dramatic time for him. Uh, and either pulls up. A, actually, doesn't pull up. A, he would pull up a chair. I'm, I'm not going to have him form a dirt mound. Um, pull up some some debris and uh, sit next to his brother over by the campfire. And uh, he doesn't, he doesn't look so much depressed. He just he just looks uh, exhausted. Oilvin gives a... He pats his brother's back. Just goes, it's been a tough day. It's been a long day, brother. Maybe the god of the dark elves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> sounds awesome. I don't think I ever really picked a god for... I was like, well, I mean, we kind of have a god right here. (laughs) 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 And and then she like winks like, I'm not serious. Wink. But (laughs) But I'm a little serious. But doesn't doesn't verbalize that beyond that. Bogrush. Bogrush uh, just pounds his fist on the uh, uh, on the like broken piece of wood that he's been using as a uh, uh, as a chair, and he says he says, "Yeah, that's what I've been waiting for. If I found out I was a god, I'd lean into it." Hey, how about how long you think you can put your hand in, over the fire? Longer than you, and he just sticks okay. his hand in. Oh, no. They're both gonna die. Okay. Is that a versus con? Is that constitution versus constitution check here? Uh, Oh, oh yeah. You want to do it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Of course. (laughs) I want to see which one of us does it better. Constitution saving throw? Uh, Uh, I would assume so. Yeah, let's do Yeah, yeah. That's good. Constitution saving throw. Opposed rolls. I think... He got a plus four. Oh, I didn't do very well. Oh, neither did he. He got a ten. I got twelve. Oh, (laughs) that that plus eight to my constitution. Bogrush (laughs) thrusts his hand in as if getting in there first is would already (laughs) win the competition. (laughs) As Bearjaw's in there at the same time, and uh, I mean. He's gritting his teeth, and you all can see, like you can see the the the, the heat rising up on his hands. Some flames spout out from the uh, from the furs that he's wearing around his uh, his wrist there, and he grits his teeth, looking at Bearjaw. But then he pulls it out earlier than perhaps anyone was really expecting, and we both uh, probably do at twelve. And Bearjaw shortly afterwards, and he says, oh, "Combat takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot out of you." Mm-hmm. That was ah. pretty good. Uh, and then okay, he slams his fist down a couple more times and shakes it and pats out the fire. <laughs> it got on fire. I love it. I would see some aggressive like, hand armor. licking, like some orchestra, like just like licking oh, yeah. his gross he's, hand. He's licking Ew. his hand like all, like 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 you had just been That's eating a lot of Cheetos and not carefully with just the fingertips. No. Uh, it's it's you know it's like all the last the into the bag. The last into the bag. He doesn't pour from the bag. He reaches in no. and makes sure that he gets it all. 
Boyovin uh, put his hand up for a high five, but then he sees him doing that and he puts his hand back down. <laughs> yeah. You want to be that close. <laughs> no, thanks. Valden saunters over. Saunters? Saunters well, That's the over. only way she can move. Right up behind Ted. He didn't hear her coming. She walks very quietly. She leans down as Ted is sitting there picking his toes with a dagger. Oh, nice. She leans down all (laughs) with his toe knife. Yes. (laughs) What is that from? Oh, it's always sunny. Oh, Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's so perfect for him. If he's not Finn's dad (laughs) from Adventure Time, he is definitely Danny DeVito from Always (laughs) Sunny. That's that's pretty good. I feel like we've leaned in that direction a bit as time has gone on. It feels more that direction than... Oh, Christ. Okay, so she leans down and she says, It's time, Ted. And he goes, Ha! Jesus Christ! And, uh... Or, I don't know, Morden's beard or whatever. Jesus Christ. Shanti's cock! Shanti's who worships Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He's the only Christian. Ted is a Christian. That was quite ironic. He was like, Ted's secret. He's he's like one of those like anime characters who gets transferred to another world. He's just a regular human from Earth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He, uh... I I knew it. And he says, Oh, no, no, you you don't need me this time. You can be... And uh, Edith just looks at him and says, Ted. And he deflates, lowers his shoulders, and he walks away with Valden towards the ritual area. Scrimmon immediately looks over to Oil Vane. And Oil Vane is watching this with the spyglass, even though it's right across the fire. I'm loving Brother, we need to Oil Vane thinks nobody can see him him. if he looks at them (laughs) through the spyglass. He lacks object permanence. (laughs) Uh, Baron observes the ritual, but definitely keeps his distance because this is a ritual of Shar, a lawful evil god of the drow, and he's just like, this is all fucking awful and wrong, And but at the same time, he's curious. Just a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah. what he sees is curious. Ted take a seat at one area, uh, at one side of the circle of uh, black wax candles, and uh, he sits down cross-legged, and he puts his hands out, palms up, oh, as he I'm puts going. another candle on one palm, and another candle on the other palm. And he just looks there. He's a little sullen, but he's also sitting there still. Oh, it looks like everyone has walked over to go watch We're this. very curious. <laughs> At least <laughs> Bear Joss, Corn, Baron. Definitely what are they doing to that? Even if we're super I powerful, a magical ritual him. happening is like... Yeah, I mean, I, Aurora, I hope Aurora's there. There's nothing better than watching a weird magical ritual while you're high. Oh, Aurora <laughs> is like... Aurora is like right <laughs> front and center. She is definitely a little high on Halo, but... But <laughs> she is still a dwarf. She is still a dwarf, so I should roll for to see how uh, how high she is. Let's see how that dwarven constitution handles that Halo. Right away. All right. Yeah. Like, that's what? the fuck mock up pretty badly. 
Glad I didn't get her more. Oh wait, I don't so know she gets advantage because she's out. a dwarf and this is poison. I'm assuming so... it's poison. I mean, drugs yeah, are poison. Yeah, weird magic drugs. Drug is I would say it's poison. Yeah. Okay. Hey, all the kids so are that's... missing right now. Drugs are poison. Drugs are poison. What's that? 15 plus 4, so that's a 19. That's that pretty solid. Pretty solid. So she's probably, like, functional, but definitely high. She's having a great old time. That's she's got fair. a nice body that's buzz. Alright, so... Don't do drugs, kids. Valden takes a pouch of what looks like black dust as she takes some pinches and she starts sprinkling it very evenly across the entire uh, circle that's bound by all of the candles. And it takes her a couple minutes. She's being very careful. She looks over it, she takes another pinch, puts it in a couple of missing spots. And then she says, okay, we're ready. And looks over to each of you. And she says, let me get one of those other names because it'll be cooler. Ted. The, <laughs> the mistress of the night requires that all that participated in the death of our enemy be here for the ritual. And she gestures to you all, and she gestures and she says, please take a seat and a candle. Bonk. And Mary you realize- thinks back to see if he actually participated in the death of that specific enemy. Uh, if, there, if, you, if, if he, when he hesitates for a moment and he says, it's everybody, we worked together. It's everybody. You're an accomplice. Actually what she says is, <laughs> she says- uh, You're guilty. She says, uh, she says, give yourself credit, Baron. If you weren't there, we wouldn't have succeeded. We're a team. Will this not work if I don't participate? It will not. The goddess oh, demands She's that, lying. All participated, <laughs> that all who participated in uh, the death of the creature be here. We will be the conduits through which the death, the, uh, the spirit of the dead will travel. We will be the gateway between death and life. We're already all turning into Dwergar, Baron. It, a little bit of Char won't hurt, says Hi Aurora. Scrim considers the sacrilege of an act of participating in a ritual char and then considers it free agent status and takes a seat. <laughs> free agent. Sorry. I missed. Is, is she calling everyone to come over? She yeah. is. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. and Edith gets up and she says, I know what some of you are thinking. Participating here does not, uh, does not swear, your, uh, swear your loyalty nor indicate any sort of, uh, any sort of <clears throat> allegiance or, uh, or anything else here. The, uh, the offering is purely, uh, purely Valden's. Well, then points at Ted and says, he wasn't even here. Uh, what was he doing here? Uh, it's, uh, uh, Valden says... Oh no, he's not. Uh, he's not a part of the ritual in, in the same way. He has a special role. <laughs> so Houston is just drinking. Why is he so special? 
Ted has got two candles and he's holding them up on his palms like that. The rest of you each grip a candle in your hand. What'd you say, Dan? It's we can't hear you when someone else is talking at the same time. Oh, I'm time. really that quiet? Wow. It's, not that, you're, it's not that you're quiet, oh. it's your equalization. You're like you're like one narrow range of base. So you get completely destroyed by anyone with with treble. Yeah, it sounds like going. you're talking through a pillow. That's why, yeah, it really like is a, like talking through yeah. a pillow. Oh. You're like an adult um, from the peanuts. Your volume is okay. It's just an adult from the peanuts. Um, yeah, I just said that Scrim's not creeped out by Valden talking to Ted that way because Valden seems to talk to everyone that way. <laughs> so. That's Valden's voice <laughs> and style. All right. Is Baron, uh, is Baron hesitating? Baron hesitates, um, but uh, he looks in his internal moral compass and uh, Edith will see walk over to him. Okay. And Edith, uh, Edith says, I understand what you are thinking. I travel with a paladin of Shar and an executor of Grumsh. He says, it takes a while to get used to, but there can be benefits of working together when we have a single enemy and a single goal. He says, I have faith that my God uh, understands when I act in good faith with his, uh, with his commands. And I'm, sure, uh, and I'm sure a God as noble as uh, Moradin. Yes, oh my God, I've been playing Heroes of the Storm and there's a character named Muradin and all of a sudden I had a doubt moment. Um, <laughs> a god of Moradin, uh, of uh, god is uh, honorable as Moradin, would feel the same way. I, if Eo is truly the head of the pantheon of all the gods, I'm sure acts in service towards him would probably be acceptable among his subordinates. Carry on. Is anyone, I didn't get a handle of everyone that came over. Everyone's there now, right? No one is. Mm -hmm. She she asked everyone to come over. Yeah, say again? Yeah, Mock went and got Betsy when they're like, everyone who participated in the battle, Mock's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just went and brought Betsy over, and he's sitting on Betsy, like observing this what's about to go down. Yeah, um, Valden uh, gestures for Mock to come in to the uh, circle. Mm. And she says, Should he- You can leave your noble steed uh, to the side. Oh, Mock says, <laughs> Apparently, not all of the dangerous allies will be participating, Betsy. Off you go. Back to your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> she heads she lumbers off. off. She's pretty happy. She's over at her little stable. All right. So everyone's holding a candle in their hands, sitting in a circle. Ooh, Aurora and, needs to be in here. Yeah. I'm there. You weren't in the circle. I wasn't in the circle. Okay. Well, she was yeah. a little high. On the circle. That's fair. Uh,. Although we can't be perfectly on the circle because it's a grid. It's a weird close, circle. Though. Actually, that's pretty damn close. Eh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Baron. I'm enjoying watching, trying to make an equal circle. That's really good. Um, so, uh, 
It's Edith that uh, is holding her candle. She stands up and she says, this would normally be an extraordinarily dangerous activity for us all to partace, partake in. The goddess of night does not grant these gifts if she chooses to grant them at all. Uh, without uh, oftentimes great harm to those that assist the, uh, assist the paladin in the ritual. He says, and that is why we have Ted. As what? she uh, gestures to Ted, who is sitting there holding the two candles in a distinctly different way than everyone else. Mark nods and he says, good, Ted will take the fall for once. I like it. She says, she says, Ted, your father, as she looks to uh, Scrimcorn and Oilvane, he says, he is a pale soul. It is, uh, it is a cursed thing to be. He says, the kind of uh, the kind of the kind of spirit who is born with absolutely no purpose, born with no uh, uh, with no destiny, a blank slate, a uh, an entirely pale soul, as you can see where the word comes from, it says they have the unique property of being like flypaper. Do we have flypaper in this world? How do we get rid of flies? Sure. Building. Sure. Here's flypaper. Flypaper. Like you can buy it from the lightning rod store. Uh, the, uh, it says curses stick to pale souls like flypaper. They oftentimes end up being the playthings of the gods and uh, uh, and the powerful creatures. It says using them to do their bidding for uh, for the curses stick to them more than any other uh, any other average person uh, in all of the realms. It is for this reason that uh, that Valden channels this channels this ritual through Ted, so that any uh, so that any curses that come through uh, the energy will stick to him and act as a shield and a buffer from for us. Do not worry; they will not cause him uh, any great harm. That is the other. That is the other uh, fascinating oh, few. property of the Pale Souls. They can. Uh, it says they can handle a great deal of these number of curses uh, in their uh, in their soul without you know, without destroying the body as it would you or I. Sounds unfortunate. That sounds very strange. All explains a lot. It says these are the sorts of things you learn when you are doing the biddings of uh, of the god of the gods and uh, and traveling with such a strange combination of companions as she looks around and Bogrush and Valden and Gloam are all just kind of nodding with this and she says one so, is very important what did Dan say one second one second very important well he went to his bathroom he didn't close the door is that his I think that's his is that his bathroom no, that is his bathroom it's his bedroom and his bathroom Oh, he's got uh, a white thing. He's got a bag. He's coming back. <gasps> his oh, pipe! Uh, his, his corn cob pipe! Oh. Pipe! Pipe! Scrim <laughs> corn pipe. That is one thing that I've been hoping oh. to find in my parents' house, which I have yet to find, is my mom's pipe. Ha! <laughs> awesome. Um, get that pipe. Get it. Get it. So. Get it. Okay. Everyone's gathered. Oh, I need some better music here. Mm. Um, Baron is sitting there awkwardly um, in the circle. 
holding a decidedly evil-looking candle. <laughs> no, what evil about it? Evil. Yeah. It's literally evil. just sitting like. There's a look of distaste on his face. Oh. We'll say the body's already up here. I don't want to say that she forgot it. That would be stupid. Uh, the body of the <laughs> That was part of preparing the... Part of preparing the area, yeah. The, 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 the dead, sort of decaying body. The, the decaying of the, of the, of the septicemia, it got to that point that I described earlier, and then it seemed to sort of slow down, perhaps now sort of back in line with just the regular decomposition of a, of a body like that. So as trouble... The green septicemia uh, body rests in the exact center of this circle. Uh, Valden, uh, Valden sits down, uh, draws two sharp daggers, and holds them, uh, uh, holds them across her, or she puts her arms across her chest so that each blade rests gently on either side of her own neck as she says, says, Shar. Mistress of the night, lady of loss, night singer, dark lady, dark goddess, grant us your vision. Allow us to be the conduit between life and death. Show us our enemy as only you see her. And uh, as she says these words, the candles around the ring illuminate in flame, one by one. The flame. Purple flame? The flame is black. As it, black uh, as it shoots up from the uh, from the black wax, the wax starts immediately melting down the sides, dripping over your hands as uh, lines of wax uh, move the hand. Does anyone let go? Baron's <laughs> frown deepens. <laughs> Is it hot? <laughs> I mean, it's Is hot. It it's, it's not. It's not like scorching, painful, but it's yeah. It's you know, it's hot wax. It's normal wax heat. Normal wax. Normal. You know, rapidly um, hardening wax. It's D four or less. Great time. What? Jerson's having a great time. You said. Yeah. Of course he is. (laughs) Not many. Jerson's like hot wax. It's been too long. Okay. Oh, Gary. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 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 Um, Each of the candles alights. Oh, we just lost somebody. We did. Pause for a moment. Angie's back. Was it me? No, no, no. It was, was uh, it was Kel. She's, no, she's Discord acts weird for some reason. Yeah, I think she's, she said she has to reboot it every once in a while. So you, you are back. You can hear us, obviously. So uh, I'll keep going. So each candle alights as the wax pours over your hands. And it seems, and uh, as these candles alight, the what comes from the flame is a darkness. As it's harder to see your own hand, you can see, you can feel the wax more than you can see it. And as each of them alights around the ring, and it takes a while, as Valden is just continuing to repeat the same words, Mistress of the Night, Lady of Loss, Night Singer, Dark Lady, Dark Goddess, allow us to see our enemy as only you see her. Shar, mistress of the night, lady of loss, as each of the candles. And as each candle uh, lights around, half of them, three quarters of them, it's not just dark around the flames, it is dark around the circle. As it gets, as if 
as if the stars above you are snuffing out the bonfire uh, that's on the other side mm. of the roof here is a distant, barely uh, visible ember as, uh, as it continues to get darker and darker. You can barely see the, uh, the third to last, second to last uh, black flames alight as your vision just continues to just fall into this complete and utter darkness around you as the last flame appears in Valden's hand and just for a moment do you see it before you are plunged into complete darkness everyone put on your blindfolds <laughs> oil vein cares darkness <laughs> <laughs> she says alright who's the jokester <laughs> uh, give me one second here I just need to get a, a visual reference for my own uh, description here <clears throat> you guys want to play truth or dare? Who's <laughs> touching my hand? Stop, Ted! Stop touching people's hands, uh, damn it! You see, for a moment... <laughs> I think it's Bogrash, Justin. You see, for a moment, through the darkness, a beard. A white beard. A dwarven nose, glowing yellow eyes as you can see more and more of the body a dark black uh, uh, spike laden uh, armor and a uh, uh, and a great axe held in the hand of this dwarf on a throne mm. and uh, <laughs> he points forward at the uh, uh, at the ground before him you don't see anything until you see uh, you see a sp uh, hang on I'm trying to get the uh... sorry some of these words are not coming to me a glowing a white bright point suddenly appears so bright that you blink your eyes uh, uh, to keep it still and you hear a voice the god spark and uh he as he points to it and then you see three sullen faces one dark skinned woman one man one bald woman appear uh on the other side of this spark from this dwarf sitting upon a throne and he says find it Find Snowbane. It will give you what you seek. And then the darkness takes over again. A moment later, the same three faces. An outstretched hand from one of them. All you see is the faces and a single, uh, uh, a single bony hand don't mistake that for a skeleton hand later when you guys are thinking about this months later it's bony but not a skeleton hand <laughs> it's uh, like a withered old a withered old hand. leathery hand a crone hand a crone's a crone. hand excellent sure yeah. skeleton guys uh definitely <laughs> uh reaching forward and dangling down below it is a single gem on a chain and it says you will have what you wish. 
as uh, she releases it and it drops down into a pool of liquid. The scene, again, disappears. Again, you see the same three faces, dark skin, light skinned man, bald woman, as, uh, uh, as the bald one speaks and it says, we have found the god spark. She is emerging from the underdark on the other side of the world. Go there, bring her to us. Do not allow her to die. Bring her to us oh. and you will ascend with us. And you see the nodding of a familiar face the twin sisters of the Septicemia and the boil hunchback shoulders of red <laughs> Septicemia uh, uh, double, as they each boil. nod and the scene disappears again. Mm. And then you feel the heat of the, the wax around your hand has completely engulfed your hand entirely like you can't really move your fingers out at first glance as the light returns the flames from each candle just f -f 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 disappears uh, uh, and you're holding well you're not even holding a ball of wax around your hand is holding your hand as there is no wick left anymore you are back on the roof the blaze of the bonfire you can now see it and hear it once more did everyone uh, else see that too the, did we recognize the gem they were holding at all? Was that yeah, that was the, important as well. Was that one of the gems uh, from the, the dwarves or no? different? Gem? Or was that the gem that Taita was holding that she was messing around with the Pool of Souls? So she was not holding a gem at the Pool of Souls. She was holding something. She was holding an orb, distinctly different, <laughs> orb. much larger, not Sorry. a gem. That's okay. No, no, wait. Clarification. These clarifications oh. do ask the questions. So no, a lot of information. Yeah. Many months have passed. No, uh, it 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 resembled very closely the um, the gem that you got from uh, Baron's mother. Uh, That's Kevin. Which, which uh, to clarify, is only one of the necklaces, right? Bogrush stands yeah. up and says. Okay. Well, that was cryptic as hell, and uh, shakes, Aurora, Aurora shakes says, off the uh, wax and walks away from the circle. Says, "Always goes like this. Learn everything, Aurora, learn nothing." <laughs> Aurora says, "Did everyone else see that too?" Grim looks to uh, uh, a Baron, who is directly across the ritual circle from him, and he says, <clears throat> "Was that bearded dwarf Ladiguar?" Uh, Baron recalls his religious knowledge. In answer, I will uh, give me a moment here. What are the symbols and tokens and traditional iconography surrounding Iconography is Yes. Does that mean Ladagor is evil Santa? Evil Santa. Here you go. If you look over on the board here, you guys are probably all zoomed in, but if you zoom out and look towards the Dungeon Master's uh, uh, seat here. <gasps> Gloom, Paladin of Tharhar. Well, no, I copy pasted Gloom Standy. Sorry, Thomas. <laughs> don't read into that. I'm like, we're a badass. <laughs> oh, we got him. Gloom is a lot more hardcore there, than There you go. I, I fixed it. I fixed it. Tricked. Gloom. He still has that. Looks like a Dwergar. Uh, uh, 
Yep. Yes, uh, as as Baron um, as Baron recalls the markings and the uh, and the tales of Ladiguer. He's a spitting mm. image, as they say. He looks like a stern parental oh, yeah. figure. I'm looking for a deity. Uh, Ladiguer seems like he's really like ahead of the game right now. He seems very <laughs> topical. Yeah. Baron like uh, says, "I." I like some battlements uh, on his armor. I put good coin on that being Ladiguer. And the gem looked... Trustin, you confirm this. This looks quite a bit like the one I got from my mother. Uh, Drusen did not have his book with him because he was respecting um, uh, Valden's wishes. Uh, or, you know, just kind of respecting a ritual. But he did have a piece of charcoal in his pocket. And he is with his uh, other hand that's not covered in wax just writing notes down. On the stone around him. For a mock, you had a real good look at it too. Which is. Adric, it's all tied together. Mock says, I look like the gem, but we don't know what all the gems look like. We've only seen the one. Was it that gem? Was it another of the seven? Uh, Shouldn't they all look the same? Well, pretty similar. I, the gems I haven't are, seen them all, just a few. The gems, to the best see. of your knowledge, are all uh, identical. Oh, okay, yeah. The, the gem uh, itself, there is, there is, um, there is difference in the, um, uh, the what do you call it? The setting, you know, the, the what it's set yeah. into, right, the jewelry, the fixture, the, fixture, the jewelry around it. But Amulet, the stone, the necklace. gem stone itself, which you, of I mean, course, Mark would be the most qualified among us, too. And as a, as a refresher... What you learned in uh, at Kunjakar was that the gems, just the stones, were brought to Durgeddon to fashion the jewelry that would hold them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mok, I, I would imagine, can confirm that the stone it looks very much like the stone that was in our possession. And the stone in the vision was dropped into a pool of liquid, is that right? Yes. Did that pool of liquid look similar to a pool of souls? Souls. This vision that you saw, vision. this vision that you saw, lacked much of the context around the images that specifically popped forth. You saw faces. You saw a hand. You saw a stone. You saw the surface of liquid. Yes, it was reminiscent of it, but also reminiscent of the lake uh, over the side of this castle. To some degree, but yes, it had a a smaller <laughs> ripple. Mock turns to Valen uh, and says, Valdemar. "How do you typically read these visions? Are they just a wee picture book to think about for the next year, or do you have any greater insight from your God?" Says I. I'm going to be a rare bit of honest with you with this one. It's never been quite so vivid. It's never been quite so significant. Despite what Bogrush says, says, this is a gift from Shar, greater than any gift I have ever received. Says, this, what we have been shown today, it is, it must be important for her to show this to us, for her to show this to me says, but is this the past? 
<laughs> says, what we saw was, uh, what we saw was in this creature's, uh, in this creature's history. It is mm. the life force energy that has led her to where she is today. With respect, says Aurora, how do we know if what we've seen in this ritual is true? Your god is the god of deceit and lies and forgetfulness, isn't she? Shar's gifts are for those that are worthy to receive them. It says, it is up for the receiver to interpret what they have seen. I know what I have seen. Tristan stands up and says, it all makes sense. Uh, Lodaguerre is after everything that matters to us. The god spark of the dwarves. He's playing games with the, with the gods themselves. To what end? Yeah, what's in it for him? But I must say, I'm quite surprised by the connection between Ladaguer and the and the witches. I did not see that coming. He wants power. What else is there? Mark turns the scrim and says, "Perhaps might the witches have helped him with this blood curse of ours." Uh, I, first, first responding to Baron, he says, "I, Baron." Um, about the connection between the witches and Ladaguer, and then to mock. Um, <clears throat> Grim says, uh, the witches do specialize in hexes and curses. And more, they know more about that, but know more about those than anyone I've known. Would they be yeah. powerful enough for a curse of this magnitude? I mean, every single dwarf on Toral is a lot of dwarves. Well, I think Titus they said that Ladiguer himself had a hand in the curse. They didn't create the curse. That much I am certain, says Taita, who had been standing off to the side entirely still and silent during the whole oh, ritual. Hey, Taita. <laughs> oh, yeah! <And> she <laughs> takes a couple steps forward towards the circle, and she says, it is Ladiguer's magic that makes the curse. Uh, my research uh, has made me quite confident of that, uh, thanks to what you have brought me. Perhaps what you saw was the vehicle for how the curse ended up in the hands of a mortal. My, it, it seems two things the witches were involved with here are seeking are of seeking the god spark on Ladaguer's behalf and of delivering the gems which Ladaguer could have no involvement in. As we said, we can't imagine Adric making a deal with Ladaguer, but Adric making a deal with the witches, the ultimate deal makers. But, but, that would didn't, be an interesting twist. Didn't it say in the ritual, Ladaguer saying to the witches, find the god spark, that is what you want? That will give you what you want? Oi. They want they wanted to ascend, become gods themselves. Aye, so they're not getting the god spark for Ladaguer, they're getting the god spark on the recommendation of Ladaguer. So perhaps Ladaguer promised them, gave them information for the god spark, in exchange for them to make the deal with Adric? Because I perhaps. What Ladaguer is after might simply be to spread the curse. 
That so seems very Ladaguer. enemy is Ladaguer? How are we to go up against a deity? I mean, you get more powerful and then you go up against deities. It's in all the stories. That seems ludicrous. What stories are you reading? <laughs> and, uh, all these wonderful taken, stories of Brandis and, and my namesake, Aurora. The best story ever. Uh, it's uh, Edith that steps forward. Uh, she steps into the middle of the circle and she says, It is not new for the gods to, uh, for the gods to, to battle one another, to plot and scheme through uh, the dealings of the mortals. It says, but there are rules. There are rules for how that they can, uh, how much of a direct hand that they can have in this world. It says, if they violate that, it says, Ale will not permit them to continue being what they are. That much we can depend on to some reasonable degree. It says, <laughs> our battle here, while Ladaguer, if what you are saying is true, uh, while Ladaguer may be the ultimate aid, the ultimate uh, puppet master, puppet Foe? master behind these events, uh, taking the fight to his celestial doorstep would certainly not be where this fight will take place. It will take place here. It will take place via surrogates. This is, after all, and she gestures to the hands of Ao around, just as the Valden and Bogresh has gone back over to the bonfire, and she says, that is precisely what we are. Well, last we had heard that Pool of Souls was under the control of the Dwergar. Perhaps that may be a connection to all of this. Is that not Truth. correct? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Is that correct? Uh, Mark, where uh, did we hear that? Yeah, uh, Titus says there was a vision. The pool of souls does change uh, change ownership and shift the balance of power between the uh, the underdark, uh, the various uh, powers of the underdark as the stories go. As for who controls it currently, is often not known uh, outside of those uh, involved in the direct conflict. That is why we have called Deja here. She is the world's foremost expert on the Pool of Souls that I, I am aware we, of. I don't think we'd actually called her yet, had we? I think we were going to deal with the fight first. You did break... We have not the, contacted her. You have not we, cracked uh, the peanut? I was under the impression the that you had. We have purchased the peanut, no. but I don't know that we have used the peanut. I thought you guys had cracked the peanut and it was like she usually shows up a few days later. That was my recollection. But Ted might have also just said that. Let's just decide now and not worry about if you had <laughs> Did you or did you not? My thought originally is that if she's going to, if it's, if it's going to show up in the location where we crack it, we were still deciding where to have the fight. Yeah. Ted says it comes, she, she, she comes to him. She comes to him. There's no location. Okay. okay. But the, the focus seemed to be on the impending fact of septicemia. Yeah. Whether or not I, I don't I don't remember us saying this. We specifically. I, I'm 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 saying completely dismiss. Right. Who cares if we right. said we did it or not? Then, Do you want if, to have I already cracked no. it or not? No. Okay. If, then you haven't. If no. were that's simple, talking that's with Prim about the tactical approach to this, he yeah. would have said no. We should not crack it. Yeah. It's an X factor. I mean, it makes sense. Okay. So you have not cracked it yet. So yeah, Deja says that is, or <laughs> Titus says that is the uh, reason that we seek Deja. 
apartment tour. Oh, suppose we should crack it. Where should we wait for? Or should we wait somewhere? Should we be heading somewhere? Is there business we have somewhere else? Well, let's uh, get off this tower. Uh, getting a off nice this... resident. A place to sleep that's not ugh, so salty. I would appreciate a lift back to solid land, and then me and uh, ours. Uh, Who's talking right terrible. now? Terrible. Sorry, uh, that's Titus' voice. Eden. <clears throat> oh. yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> I am glad that I have <laughs> some distinctive voices yes. that cause confusion if I use the wrong ones. That makes me happy. <laughs> that Yay. Yay. Yay! Edith doesn't talk like that. Uh, Edith, yeah, Edith says, we would appreciate a ride back to the uh, back to land, and from there we best be making back to the Sword Coast. This is we should stay in uh, stay in contact uh, with what you learn and what we learn, as it is becoming more and more clear that our paths in our destinies are intertwined. But we must mm. be on the Sword Coast to continue to do what our uh, what our gods have charged us to do. I pray that. Uh, that what we learn and that what you learn bring it will bring us back together. Are you what taking Ted with you? you? Uh, I, sorry, I couldn't hear either one. Go ahead, Sammy. Are you taking Ted with you? Says, <laughs> yes. Good. As you see, he is a critical component <laughs> in our methods of investigation. What, I'm glad what is someone next found a new room. What'd you say, Cal? What is next for the, all of you? says we will continue to do what we have been doing to uh observe the witches to understand what they are doing we will need to take into account these latest findings and uh and i hope that you will share with us what you have learned in your next steps as well it could affect what we need to do this but this is tracking down the uh the remaining septicemia and figuring out where she goes next will be uh will likely be our next task if Glom has it in him. Uh, perhaps we'll leave in the morning then. I think the ship's spent for the day. And I think there's a matter of a potentially magical staff sitting in the waters just off the tower might be worth recovering. Uh, that sounds right. He says, I wouldn't have it any other way. I need a rest and a drink. Maybe four. Uh, well... Um, Celebration times, then. Gloom right, stands up. And uh, uh, he says, I'll get the ale. And uh, heads over to the uh, heads over to the airship. All right. Trustin. Trustin. Uh, is going to identify that staff in a ritual. And then this is his last night in this tower. He's not celebrating. He's going to go poking around. <laughs> of course. That's his form of... That, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. What you meant to say was, Drusen is celebrating by poking around some ruins. Exactly. He's, he's getting to work. Yeah, we still have a fishman prisoner. No, no, no. I no, we got rid of him. Uh, In the traditional way. I had a recipe planned for him. <laughs> That's dark. Oh, God. Uh, that's a, so, that's a Ray, yes. yes. The staff. I take out my book of magical sigils and signs, go into a bit of fugue state, 
see the uh, the symbols that appear, the recognize the uh, the different little craft works of different schools of magic. Yes. What what this thing do? <laughs> um. Uh, what you find from the Septicemia's staff uh, is that um, as he is identifying it, he's finding something strange happens. And as you describe it again, how, how it works. I know you've done it so many times, but the, the, the words so, yeah. fly off of the... Yeah. The idea for Drustin is that magic is pretty universal. If you look at ancient civilizations using um, illusion magic, they use similar uh, uh, symbols, similar craft works as a modern civilization using illusion magic. So he goes into kind of a fugue state, and in that fugue state, he notices uh, the different little details on the magic item. This thing is carved in this way. This thing is made of this uh material and in his notes he has little notes for what all those things mean uh and by the end of it his pages have been just like turning through the book almost out of his control and he's wound up identifying uh what all those little uh uh uh, symbols and uh construction choices materials mean as he is doing this something strange happens as it's flipping through the pages. He gets one piece of the puzzle and then it flips through to a blank page. And all of a sudden his, his concentration on it like falters for a moment. He goes back through. He's, uh, he's putting these other sort of like pieces together as, uh, as these pages are kind of flying outside of his own control. And he keeps just getting the sense that he gets half of it. But then there should be another sigil that uh, there should be another sigil that would complete that but as he looks there it's not there it doesn't match anything on his page and over and over again as he attempts to identify he keeps getting the sense that he is only seeing half the picture oh he needs the other one uh he knows that uh baron had brought this over so he walks over to baron with it and he says i think they work together uh in the morning i'll be able to locate the other one Hmm, maybe uh, send Scrimcorn down as a fish or something, and, uh, and maybe we got <laughs> a ritual like, water breathing? He puts, like, a hand on Baron's, like, shoulder and, like, looks over at Scrimcorn and he says, oh, didn't know if he can turn into a fish no more. Hmm. Might have a water-walking spell somewhere I could call upon from uh, Moradin and uh, maybe send the, uh, the glow orb down as well. Just send Titan down. She doesn't have to breathe. Oh, that's a thought. I suppose we could just send her down. I don't know if she floats. Oh, says, no, that's, the, the, the salt water will be terrible for her, her infrastructure. It was fresh. <laughs> What's up? That was fresh water. Titus says, it, oh, yeah. uh, it is a fresh water lake, and also my body is salt proof. Uh, there you have it. Send the robot. Send the right up. Uh, anyways, uh, Juicin, uh, uh, Kevin, the, uh, Kevin, your uh, yep. your microphone is all of a sudden being horrible. Try talking again. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, something's <laughs> going on. You sound like you've been bred with a bumblebee. Did a cable come? Yeah. On? You could just change it to the opposite of what you're using now. 
It's that's Titus noises. Biz buzz. It's kind of like the middle of the night when your printer just starts doing some things and you're like, what's it doing? Why is it doing that right now? Yeah, why is it is cleaning it its heads at 3 a.m.? <laughs> is it still buzzy? Yeah. 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 Okay. I will switch it now. Yeah, just try changing the other device. I would say microphone irritations are some mm. of the strongest tech irritations I have. Oh, like, yeah. Sound tech problems general, don't hit me as hard. Sound in general. Okay. Um, yeah, we can hear things now. No, it's I, still I happening. That means Try rebooting Discord. Yeah, just quit Discord and re relaunch it. Maybe it'll fix it. Okay. Well, go uh, on to someone else, and then I'll have Tristan do something next. Okay. I personally find physical pain worse than uh, than audio. Auditory pain is way worse. Uh, let's. So, are you cracking the peanut? Yes. Crack that nut. Scrum says yes. We should. It'll take days. Let's crack it. Ted. So Ted has said that it 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 signals for Deja to come, and hey, you. he's only well, done it, it in the morning. He's I only done it like twice before, and it takes a while sometimes. Sometimes, if there's a possibility of her showing up tonight, I don't want it. Let's do it tomorrow morning, and then we'll be ready. That's fair. Do we need to be ready for a fight if Deja shows up? Well, if we have no Ted to offer her, if we have no Ted to like her lost. Ugh. The last <laughs> time we saw her was in a vision, and she, she killed me. Of Snowbane. Didn't I she say she... something like, you know, I say I'll sorry next again. time I see you or something? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. She must know more about the god spark than we do. Aye, but were I to slay one of you and apologize afterward? It could be more of just she was trying to look cool in the moment or something. I do not particularly possible. feel forgiving at this time. We prepare for a fight. And it will be a fight whether or not Deja because Berja's very upset still. I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past her, but I mean, from what I've seen, she's very powerful. I don't know that we can stand up against her, honestly. Well, well I prefer not to fight her. I prefer to get her information. Let's yeah. do it in the morning. You're doing it in the morning. We'll make yeah. some preparations. All right. So, the revelry, the celebration, and for many, the, the quick retreat to bed <laughs> for, for those for that need that. Um, take, do roll the carouse table. Takes place that night. Uh, unless there's any uh, specific storytelling or important discussion someone would have, I'm just going to go ahead and fast forward to the morning. Good. Okay, sounds good. To Aurora, um... I will say Aurora uh, continues to be high for a while. She looks at the stars, stargazes, um, looks at the flames, at the bonfire for a while. Um, sort of You're like drawn to magic. Starts a fight with Brogrash. Of the, the mascari. <laughs> and then Aaron eventually an just eventually just goes up to the top <laughs> of the gift, lays down on the deck under the balloons and passes the fuck out. Nice. <laughs> Good night. 
Baron throws a cloak over her or something and then goes to bed himself. Morning comes. He's looking out for his peeps. Hmm. Morning comes. The mind awakens. The body is sore. Oh, this map. This map does not suggest morning. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm completely thrown out of the <laughs> thrown out of the narrative. I know how hard it is to move all of the minis to a new thing. It's I a know foggy, it's, I know, dark exactly. morning. Sorry. So one of us group select. I can I pick. I picked them up. There's a okay. There we yeah, go. Don't put them on yet. Don't put them on yet. No, okay, I'll put it over here. It's got to be flat. Sorry, Aurora, I missed you. No, that was there. Was there? Wait. Are we good? Are we good? That looks good. That looks good. Okay. Can I put him down? Yeah, go for it. Plunk. Okay. It's daytime now. <laughs> I'm so Yay, glad I've now. got the daytime. Thank you. And My immersion. I've got to figure out a better way to do the maps. <laughs> the bonfire is ashes. It's, it's... <gasps> oh, nice. I just figured okay. out a better way to do the maps. Okay. Baron awakes in the morning preparing his spells as normal and senses that he can stretch himself a little further than he could before. Ah. True. We could go over the level uh, nine stuff, but I feel like it would take the rest of the time. Yeah. It would. So that's all I'm throwing in there for me. Yeah. Aurora wakes up and just says, I had the most insane dreams last night and leaves it at that. <laughs> um, in the morning, the peanut is cracked. Is that right? Who cracks the peanut? <laughs> Scrim does. Mm. Scrim cracks. Scrim's just, he's just doing things now. He's just taking action. He's got no one <laughs> telling him what to do. So I'm holding them back. Because he cracks that nut, and maybe Deja will show up, and she'll think that he's Ted. You know, who knows? Whoa. You know, that's okay. That's okay. Scrimcorn's <laughs> that got free time now. the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get chewed out by anyone. I can do whatever. Calendar is wide open. Brother, you don't All know right. where that peanut's been. <laughs> you don't know. You got some pretty good ideas, though. No. <laughs> Mock spent the last night drinking heavily with uh, uh, Gloom, mostly because he well, partly because he likes Gloom, but mostly because Gloom does have the best beer around. And if you drink with him, he'll share that. So he drank with Gloom, definitely caroused with Bearjaw, danced mm -hmm. a jig, sung kind of mighty songs of victory and battle. With those who would share in that. But then spent most of the uh, evening mm, in kind of working on his own project, which uh, he shows to you, you know, as, as the morning kind of grows forward. And he takes you down to that second floor, the floor where we fought this battle. And he shows you a very large rock relief that he has carved on the wall. Nice. And Three sentences are written there in Dwarven. The first says, So that Barry now, can read it. Now living in stone is the victory of dwarves and allies over powerful enemies. 
And below that it says, The facets of fate and the hands of Ao destroyed agents of the three witches known as the Septicemia. And those kind of like border, you know, the uh, kind of uh, what you could say is like kind of petroglyphs showing some of the fight and seeing kind of witches uh, casting great spells. Uh, a very a glorious boulette featured with uh, with a prominently kind of a, like uh, with a witch <laughs> under its mighty paw. Um, you see, you see, uh, you know, a, a cleric of Moradin in, in kind of grandeur with 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 radiant light, uh, a wise and probably burlier than in real life version of a dwarf wizard with staff risen. Uh, holding back kind of powerful magics with kind of flame in his eyes. <laughs> um, and a oil vein is not someone that's something that I, I really know how maybe a, a dwarf would represent, but I would imagine something that kind of has this like powerful, sinister element to him, kind of carved in like a lot of kind of really jagged straight lines, uh, and just like a, <laughs> a lightning bolt kind of piercing through the entire kind of picture, but then. In the center, kind of featured most prominently, is a a great kind of druid with the uh, with the kind of with kind of beastly forms uh, in part of his body. You know, holding holding kind of like a hand, like a, laying on kind of a hand of blessing on top of like a mighty dwarf, a mighty uh, uh, Goliath, and of over those forms, kind of as the centerpiece of this artwork, it says. Here the druid Scrimcorn protected Bearjaw and proved his loyalty when death was on the line. And it is written in kind of uh, in petroglyph relief. Uh, and you see you see him kind of nodding as, you know, he's flecked with uh, with some stone dust. He, uh, you see like the uh, the paints there, the our kind of paints were used somewhat to kind of add some some color and some extra kind of texture that you wouldn't necessarily get with just kind of, you know, basic stone cutter's tool. And he, uh, he he kind of nods and appreciates. And says, "Look at the work we've done. Now they'll remember it for all time." Mm. <clears throat> and he carves on and nods where? approvingly. Where is on, he carved? Like on one of the walls of the room where we fought the battle. Beautiful. Oh wow! So nice. second floor. Kevin, you're back. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. I can yeah. hear you. Yeah. You don't exactly. feel like me. Uh, I'd like to say to the group. <laughs> it's still happening, man. It is. It is morning time. We cracked the nut. Ah. And can I go back hard. and say what Drewson did overnight? You were kind of just describing that just now. That's what uh, Eric just uh, revealed. Yeah, I was talking about Mock's night and presenting. Oh. Presenting his opus to you in the morning. Yes. Excellent. Oh, can I say what Drewston did overnight? Yeah, yeah, I'm prompting you. Go for Please it. Do. Oh, okay. So he he invited Taita to go explore the ruins of this tower, telling her, uh, although there were human, uh, the, the crafters of this tower had many ingenious little touches <laughs> and inventions. Would you like to go delve in with me, Taita? He says, I was going to ask you to do the same with me. Oh, this place is well, very fascinating. Excellent. 
So he just goes through all five levels, poking and prodding at things. Uh, but before, before you head down, down, she says, but first, and she, uh, she grabs a mug that, uh, a stein that, uh, Gloam had, uh, Gloam had poured, <laughs> sticks her fingers into the mug and <laughs> sucks up the, so uh, weird. the dwarven ale. And she says, now it's time to explore. <laughs> oh. Sir, She's so Sir weird. Mandor used to do the same. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, he, he, he just explores he really? all five levels, pokes and prods, and finds some interesting devices that will come into play as he casts fifth level spells. <laughs> of course, Yay. of course. Hmm. Um, on the subject of, re- of recovering the staff. Yes. How do we want to do that? How do you do it? Um, it's a fairly trivial morning. matter with the spells you have available, so just give it some. Uh, yeah. give it some... Baron could do control water. Oh, sweet. what? That is You're Aquaman now. If you know where it is, I can part water down to a depth of 100 feet. Drusen uses his locate magic or locate object spell. I forgot how I just. I think I used the hourglass and I kind of like charted where. Nope, it's got to be from the same way he did it last time, or the magic doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) I was back in Deep of Mascar when you're trying to find the gem. I'll just say it's the hourglass. (sighs) Spell from Zolmar. So using the hourglass, he's able to turn it and twist it and bop it and spin it so that. it reveals where the object had been, and they see kind of the ghostly image of the uh, of the staff being thrown out of the uh, the tower and landing in the water. And he points to Baron where it is. Uh, and Baron, who had uh, prepared this spell this morning on the thought of having to do this, uh, sort of stands at the window. And uh, looks to dress and be ready. He says, I can only hold this for about 10 minutes, so be ready to fetch it. Uh, uh, Baron and Drusen are both flying right now. Oh, marvelous. Uh, <laughs> as he's then hovering over the surface of the water, <laughs> and he reaches forth and he says, Moradin, by your divine power, part these waters as the waters part uh, down, down, down into the very seafloor of the lake for, like, Range area is 300 feet, so just up to like depth of 100 feet. Because, uh, like Jesus Christ! I know someone that can do that! <laughs> okay, sorry, I couldn't help myself. Uh, the seafloor being revealed very mucky and fishy, and you know, sea plants that were normally floating are now like flopped against the mud. Yeah, that would be and, really uh, gross. Couple treasure chests. Like the bottom of a lake is probably like. Very deeply muddy, like yeah. yeah. Like in the fact, if it weren't the for the locate object spell, just parting the water ain't gonna find it. Like it's splunk into the uh, into the mud to grab that thing. Well, yeah. you know, Moses parts the Red Seas, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is a really unpleasant experience." Like that's oh, all we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't yeah. Moses have built a bridge? You know, I mean, is it really that much different to God? Ted says that's what I was saying. With the water held back, Baron looks like he's under considerable strain as he looks. He says to Drustin, go and fetch it! 
Chisen <laughs> dives down with wings granted to him by Onga, so big owl wings. And he grabs the staff out of the water, but it's a little stuck. So he takes out Uncle Falderick's shovel and digs <laughs> underneath it and then frees it and then flies back up. Says, oh, this thing's so useful. Uh, and now he yep. has the other staff. Magical wings and a trusty shovel. <laughs> yes. Uh, so when they land back, uh, he will use identify on both of the stabs. And when Drusen does that, his hunch is confirmed as he has the two staffs together and the, the runes between them. And uh, he sees that these twin sisters have these two staffs that only work when, uh, when used together. Mechanically, just means they can't be separated. <clears throat> and uh, one is a staff that commands the power of swampy insects. It is a staff of swarming insects. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ooh, swarming insects is a pretty high level spell. That is attunable by bards, clerics, druids, sorcerers, warlocks, and wizards. I got everybody. That is most of them, yeah. The Not other one is a is a uh, a staff with the uh, with the power of death infused in it. It is called a staff of withering. That can be attuned by a cleric, druid, or warlock. Uh, you can look up both of them. They're just magic items on D and D Beyond. Uh, and I'll add it to our add those in the quartermaster things. Excellent. Yep. Box cool. check. Staff of withering. Uh, you can expend a charge to deal a uh, good amount of necrotic damage on a hit, and it makes them uh, have disadvantage for one hour on a, any ability check or saving throw that uses strength mm. or constitution. You said it was exceptionally rare to get that. This one can get that. They, they get a saving throw to avoid the withering. If they are withered, then their strength and constitution saving throws are at disadvantage. So you have to whisper to them, thinner. Wither or without her. Uh. <laughs> All right. Amazing. Those are the two staffs. So what's the mechanic of they can't be separated? Uh, if you throw one out the uh, window of a castle, uh, the other one's not gonna work. The other one has to be identified. Okay. Uh, it, I don't gotcha. have a more specific idea than that at this time. <laughs> I like groovy. They it. have to be together because they are from twin sisters. I liked it thematically. I haven't really given thought I to what the actual mechanics. They don't is. work unless both people are in the same party. Yeah. The other, the other one is staff mm-hmm. of forming insects. Was that right? Uh, staff of Swarming Insects, yeah. Cool. So, Drusen is not, like, immediately being, like, waving around these stabs and, like, being like, wow, look at me, I'm to see me. Uh, he will make notes on them, and then he will definitely be having a conversation with Scrimcorn about them. Uh, I might be interested in the Staff of Withering, since that was, what, Druid, Cleric, or Warlock? Yeah. It says having a conversation with Baron about it. Yeah. <laughs> he can be included. Well, okay, fair. <laughs> he just walks over to the conversation. 
so uh, he'll bring the stabs over to uh, uh, Scrimcorn and, and Baron, and he'll explain what they are. And he says uh, they work in conjunction. If one gets thrown out the window, neither will work anymore. Mm. Uh, and explains their uses. And says, uh, I'll know it's a bit weird to be using our enemies' weapons, but what better use for them than to cancel out that which their masters want to happen in the world? As Dristan says uh, how weird it is to use our enemies' weapons, Aurora looks at, like, the collection (laughs) of enemy swords that she has strapped to, like, every limb on her body and is just like, Aww. <laughs> <laughs> well, think on it. Mechanically, I'm suggesting we figure out that in yeah. uh, off. We got like 15 minutes. Absolutely. So. But does, uh, does Grimcorn have a an in character reaction to this at all? Nothing would delight me more than using the weapons of our enemies against them. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Who has the peanut? Scrimcorn. Scrim. Scrimna. I do what I want now. Grim unchained. Oh yeah, I, if Scrimcorn wanted it, I gave it to him. I forgot that I bought it off of him. <laughs> yes, you did. Didn't he ask for a thousand gold? <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. You didn't even negotiate. <laughs> we have so much gold, guys. Mock wasn't in earshot. No, I actually think yeah. he was. Yeah. Mock has grown as a person. I mean, Sometimes you just have to let Drewston to do what Drewston do. Like, their gold is their gold, right? If they want to go, like, throw it off of a cliff, he'll go pick it up and then add it to his gold. Is what oh, he, he would definitely do. Took, just subtracted that from the quartermaster tally. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. from his little uh, uh, change pocket thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, an assumption was made by Mock. Later, when the books are checked, which Mock will also yeah. do, a discussion sure. will likely happen. They, everything will be weighed and measured in accordance <laughs> to proper proper general accounting procedures. The, the drift globe will be used to measure the procedures. gold. Um, <laughs> what, what others are relevant in his, in his world? <laughs> Scrim has a peanut. Oh. Oh, what the fuck, Ted? What kind of sick fucking joke is this? You got water around you in every single goddamn direction, is a voice that Scrimcorn hears (laughs) coming from his pocket where the uh, the peanut is. (laughs) She seems nice. He takes... He takes out the peanut. As he takes out the peanut, he continues... Unless you want to say something. I just realized that he doesn't actually know what Deja sounds like. Uh, Oil Vane can hear this. Anyone can hear this. Um, uh, Oil Vane hears it. You recognize Deja Parmentor's <laughs> voice from when you were abducted by her. Um, and, and from uh, the scroll. And she says, if this is some sick fucking way of saying you're breaking up with me, then uh, then bravo, message delivered. If it's some sort of other fucking idiocy, which would <laughs> make sense as well, then you better let me know what sort of fix, sick fucking thing you're up to here. We had one rule. One rule? That was it? I await your response. Uh, you just got to the peanut. 
Ted. Ted what says, fucking rule? Ted says, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, she doesn't like water, and you shouldn't crack it if you're near water. <laughs> so can we talk back or what? Yeah, you just talk into the peanut, I think. I've never done it. I never cracked it near water. That's her only rule, so I've never cracked it near water. I I wouldn't do that. I'm not a bad person. You tell her that, well, that, that she should come in two days. I. Me? I didn't crack the peanut. It's not mine anymore. Ted, you better fucking tell her. Or there'll be hell to pay. Yeah. Bearjot Bear just puts her hand menacingly on his shoulder. Ah, whoa, 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 whoa. Watch the figure. Uh, all, 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 all right. All right. All right, son. Scrim hands the peanut back as he says, Is she some sort of desert creature? <laughs> she's got a she's got a thing. I don't know. She never explained it. Wait, crossing water, vampire. I'm calling it right now. Uh he says Uh uh Sorry, I didn't crack the peanut. I sold it to a to my son. Just squeezing starts squeezing the shoulder. I sold Getting it off script. I sold it to my son. Ow! Stop squeezing my shoulder! <laughs> <laughs> I sold it to my son and he cracked the peanut and and uh, he didn't he didn't he cracked we're on an island and uh we're leaving today I think it's not my And then fault. he shrugs to all of you and says okay Mark said he's told the number 2 2 like literally oh, right. one thing 2 2 2 days <laughs> And then he shrugs and looks to Mock and she yeah, says, like, that's all Mock could ever hope for out of Ted. Says, you sold the fucking peanut to your son? Wait, which son are you talking about? Wait, wait, wait do you have a... <laughs> take the peanut back. Do you have Couldn't oil vein with back. you? He says, oh, what is this? Two what? <laughs> Two days for what? Scrim takes the peanut back and puts it in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Ted. God damn it, she's Ted. A, she's a fucking genius. She'll figure it the fuck out. <laughs> what it? He says, "I'll be waiting here for two fucking days, and you better get off of that island and get very clear of that uh, of that water. It's the only fucking rule." He says, uh, "You're not getting another peanut after this, by the way." Deja out. Sounds, he- sounds healthy. Deja, Deja out. Deja out. Well, let's uh, let's go land then. I suppose it's a good day for flying. Ted. Peaceful. Aurora, Aurora says... As oh, she's going to be mad at you. Ted, <laughs> is Deja a vampire? I don't think so. Oh, the water <laughs> thing has me thinking. Maybe that's how she lives so long, because she's old mm. even for Imaskari standards, right? I think she's. Uh, I think she's been alive forever or something. But I don't I really know Titan much about it. Experimental perfected being or something. Technically, is she like a a crafted person? Aye, that's right. Her father, like, created her, but not in the usual way. Aye. (laughs) 
That is how the story goes. There are many stories about Deja. That is the one that I believe. I've heard and seen enough that matches that theory. I can't say I can't say with complete confidence, but I believe it to be true. Well, it's good to know because maybe that's a weakness of hers. It is like a um something we can use against her if ever we need. Yes, we could pour water on her. Or surround her with it, I don't know. Or make her drink a lot of water. Yes, hydration! Too much hydration! Uh, Grumbach, (laughs) says, will you find us a a nice, safe, dry piece of land for us to make camp on? I think just... I've already plotted the course. Nice weather today for flying. Safest way to travel. If you don't want to get there in a hurry. Oh, I don't say that anymore. This thing moves fast as he pats Snowbane's gift. (laughs) Well, then let's load up and be gone. I want my balloon back, though. And then he walks over the control panels. And, uh... The hands of ale are already all packed up. Brought everything, uh, everything back in. The uh, the the black sort of powdery covering in the ritual area has been thoroughly uh, cleaned off. You saw last night after when you were all uh, partying that Valden had uh, Valden had gone over and meticulously uh, uh, sort of like sweeped it up into a pile, pushed it over the edge, like carefully got it off so there was just not any left. Although sweeping it over the edge is not clean way to dispose of it. But anyway, that's what she does. And it's old-timey. You just throw your trash in the ocean. Snowbane's gift. A hilariously named vessel, given the recent developments. <laughs> yeah. Snowbane's gift lifts off from the flying castle. Ooh, and heads ooh, ooh, off. Ooh. What's the image on the tapestry today? Oh, oh. <laughs> hmm. best thing that the hammer did? Smash bush. It's a smash uh, bush. bush. Yeah. yeah. Smash bush. Smash bush. Didn't you? I think Can't I took remember. someone's head off, or some something. Someone's head came off. I think point. purple got got um, dropped by the hammer initially. How uh, is it yeah, not so. hitting a switch? Switch, switch. Oh, that's what it know, is. That, that was a twenty. Yeah, that's that's a very what good it point. is. It is the hammer in. It's just hitting the. Hitting it's a the hammer just smashed into a stone. The beautiful painting. Uh, it was you know, very cool. The sense, the sense of motion and impact in the in the oil work on this painting is incredible. You just look at it and you get the sense of this impact. You can see in the painting this, this single the single stone. Um, well, single stone, you know, depressed Pablo. inward where the uh, where the where, where the hammer struck it. Mm. It's one of those. It's one of those ones where you occasionally had to be there. you had to be it there to understand rapid. it. No, that was very cool. That was a very cool thing I did. I was very far away. It was really hard. It's really Nobane's gift. That wall time. flies through the air. Grumbar was right. 
it's a beautiful day for flying. The weather, it's cool as you're over the water and you're high up in the air, but it's a nice, uh, it's a nice spring, uh, it's a nice spring air. There's just the right amount of moisture in the air. Get the, uh, get that, uh, that fresh, refreshing, crisp, uh, crisp breath from being outside. Just enough that if you go back inside, it's a nice, comfortable temperature. Uh, and, uh, Cozy. and it heads off towards the course, the Grumbar plotted. And perhaps a rendezvous with Deja Parmentor and for sure a, uh, a farewell will be granted to the Hands of Ale. And with that, we'll continue next week. Yay! Yeah. Yar! Reverse yar! Good game. Oh. Right! <laughs> All right, we're not doing that. We're not doing it's that. A, it's that was process. fun. I really <laughs> liked that, that ritual. Yeah, that was great. I, I, Pretty neat. I was really proud of the black candle, the goo, and the great ritual. Stuff that was very with, neat. With some, uh, with some big, uh, big reveals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's which, uh, is in, which is in the Latiguar. That connects some big pieces. So the witches were just like middlemen? Is that just the case? You were well, worshiping the middlemen? There was like a question about right? like <laughs> who did who did Adric really make the deal with? And now it Sounds seems like... more possible that he met make it made a deal with the witches in some form or another. Which it makes most like... sense based on all the deals we've seen with the witches. Like right. if only the like, sword goes.